welcome to the Elevate Live podcast channel. We hope this sermon encourages and inspires you so you can go and grow to your next level. For more information about our church, please visit our website, elevate.life. Enjoy the message. And those of you that are watching that can't be here, thank you for being here. And you know, this uh, in traditional church culture, which I don't know if y'all know this, but we're not very traditional. But, uh, but that's a good thing. But we do honor some traditions because some traditions are good. And I'm talking about relationships today. And it's a little bit antithetical for me to say why relationships don't work. Cause I'm gonna tell you how relationships do work, but we're gonna talk about that. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna dive into that in just a minute. Before I do though, just to honor this day in history and what we believe happened around this time. I didn't tell my team this, but it's in John the 12th chapter because this, this we, we are now entering in Passion Week. We are entering into next Friday. It's gonna be our Good Friday service. And we wanna encourage you to be here on Friday night. And Josh, does that start at seven o'clock? Seven o'clock on Friday night. So be here with your family. And uh, what's so good about Jesus being crucified? Well, we'll talk about that. And it's not a bad Friday, it's a good Friday. And it's gonna be a great, great time together as a family. And Saturday, of course, we'll gather here There'll be a drive-through, as you saw on the screens, there'll be a drive-through uh, Easter giveaway. And then more importantly, there'll be people who come who need food and we're gonna feed our community and people in surrounding communities next weekend. So again, just always remember that, be mindful of that. Sow an extra seed this week. Uh, in just a few minutes, Pastor Josh will be up here talking about um, and giving you an opportunity to give and put God first. And just remember this weekend, we will be feeding thousands of people who without us, they may not be able to eat. So thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for contributing. And thank you that in this year of possible with God, come on y'all, all things really are possible. But just to honor uh, this day that is called Palm Sunday, the next day a great multitude that had come to the feast when they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem took branches of palm trees and they went out to meet him and they cried out, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord the king of Israel. Then Jesus, when he found a young donkey, sat on it as it is written, fear not, daughter of Zion, behold, your king is coming, sitting on a colt. His disciples did not understand these things at first, but when Jesus was glorified, they remembered that these things were written about him and that they had done these things to him. And I want you just to pay close attention because we're talking about relationships. Therefore, the people who were with him when he called Lazarus out of the tomb and raised him from the dead, they saw it like they bore witness. For this reason, the people also met him because they heard that he had done great signs. And so I'm just gonna stop right here and say that this is how quickly relationships can go bad. Because by this time next week, Jesus was crucified. And yet he comes and he has this triumphal entry into the city and people are waving palm branches. Oh, hey, did you hear about this guy? So this is one chapter later. By the way, when you enter into, like if you're reading the book of John in the New Testament, which is the most, like if you just wanna know more about Jesus, 
and who Jesus is. The book of John, the gospel of John is a great place to start and just go back and study and just, just the, the seven I am's of Jesus when he declared who he was are in the book of John. So you begin to know who Jesus is and, and why his, his I am's are important. This is one of the things that I'm, I have the privilege to teach in our masterminds and through coaching, and that is to help people understand who they are and to declare their I am's. And if Jesus needed to declare his I am, you need to know in any room, in any situation, when you walk in, here's who I am. And it's very powerful because once you know who you are, it helps define what your mission in life is. It helps to clarify your vision and it helps you to stay on purpose. So that's all I'm gonna say about that, except in the book of John, we just read out of John 12, we've just entered into a seven day period, the last week of Jesus' life. So all the way to the end of the gospel of John is one week. Like we read the Bible and sometimes we're not able to connect the dots and connect the timelines. But John 12 from this point on till the, the end of John is, is, is chapters that are just about the last week of Jesus' life. So I would just encourage you to avail yourself to the word of God this week and read that last part of, of the gospel of John this week. But with that said, man, the week started great. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Because if you flip back one page in chapter 11, there was this guy named Lazarus and he was dead, he was gone. I mean, they had given up, it had been four days. And the reason it was four days was because they still believed somebody, you know, could be in the grave and maybe not really be dead. But guess what, he was, he was dead. And Jesus said, Lazarus come forth and he came back to life. And even the professional mourners that were there had to stop crying. They were paid to be there. They had to, can you imagine at your funeral people, oh man, I miss him so much. Who was he? Anyway, it's like, that, that's how it was back in that day, okay? But I want you to see something here. In seven days, it went from Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Man, I wanna, I wanna know who Jesus is. Wow, he raised the guy Lazarus from the dead. He, he really is the Messiah, it's amazing. And by Friday of this week, he's hung on a cross. And I just thought about this, my, and my wife, Pastor Precious and I were talking about it and she said, she said, you are gonna say something about Palm Sunday this weekend. I said, of course I am. It's a part of my message because it's a picture of how relationships are. Have you ever had somebody that just cheered you Oh, you're awesome. Oh, I love you. And maybe not a week later, but maybe like a day later, or maybe a month later or a year later, all of a sudden they're the ones going, kill him. I want you to think about that from a relationship perspective. Wow, Jesus is on this colt. He's riding into town. Oh, that's the guy who raised Lazarus from the dead. One week later, that's the guy who raised people from the dead. That's the people who healed the sick. That's the people who cast out demons. That's the people who crucify him. What is it in our nature that causes relationships to go that wrong and in the Bible in one week? Wow, pretty amazing. So I just wanted to start with that. Pastor Sheila, was that good? Thank you, baby. Okay, all right. <laughs> But I thought, wow, Hosanna in the highest. Oh, he's the king of, you, you know what they were saying? He's the king. 
He's the king that's come. Oh yeah, he was the king that's come. But watch this, just like in your marriage and just like in your life and just like in your business, it only took a week for people to realize that they had unrealistic expectations, unmet expectations, because the guy that was supposed to be the king was hung on the cross. And it just shows you how we can shift. So I wanna talk to you today about Again, why relationships don't work, but in the process, tell you how relationships do work. Can somebody put an amen on that? So our key scripture this year, Luke 137, for with God, come on, nothing will be impossible. Would you just say that with me? For with God, nothing will be impossible. So let's do a quick relationship assessment. Uh, you're welcome to take out your phone because to rate yourself right here real quick or just take out a piece of paper or if you're you know, just a good uh, mind mapper. I wanna ask you a few relationship questions that only you can answer, okay? So if you wanna rate yourself from one to 10, just to kind of look back on this, here's the first question. How is your marriage relationship on a scale of one to 10? Most men would probably say, you know, I'm about an eight. And most women say, I'm about a four. Pretty interesting. Second question, how is your relationship with your family of origin? The family that you were born into. I don't know why you're laughing about that, but obviously. How is your relationship with your children? How is your relationship with your friends? How's your relationship with your boss or your employees? How's your relationship with yourself? By the way, you'll never have a better relationship with other people than you do with yourself. A lot of you can't figure that out. They can't figure out why relationships don't work for them and that's because they don't like themselves. How's your relationship with God? So only you can rate yourself. And, and again, I, I'm just, I, I wanted to start that way because until we can really start to answer these questions and get real about these questions, things will always be the same. So however you would rate yourself very honestly, things will always be the way things always are. And unfortunately in relationships, part of our delusion is we look through the filter, if you will, at other people through our ideal self. So in other words, even on our worst days, we're still filtering everything from an ideal self perspective. In our marriage, we're, we're looking at our spouse or in our relationships, we're looking at our spouse or with our boss and some of us have never been a boss. And so if you've never been a boss, uh, all I would say is have mercy on your boss. Because when you're in a boss, it's like Abraham Lincoln says, when you're a boss, Abraham, Abraham Lincoln said it like this. He said, don't criticize somebody till you've walked in their shoes for five miles. So, so again, the reality is sometimes we mess relationships up because of how we view a person or a situation or a circumstance based on our esteemed view or ideal view of ourselves. that somehow gives us a privilege to judge everybody else that isn't like us or judge everybody else based on what we would or wouldn't do in a relationship. So here's my short list of why relationships don't work. Y'all ready? Here's the short list. Spirit of offense. I could preach on that, but I don't have time. 
I'll just simply tell you this. If you're still being offended by the same things you were offended by last year, if you're still being offended by the same things you were offended with last month, you qualify for issues. So a lot of people, they walk in a spirit of offense and they don't even realize it. They get so settled again, based on their ideal self and who they are, that they find themselves offended when somebody says something that's different than they think or different than they say. And so of course we live in a cancel culture right now because we live in a culture that's highly offended. What's another short list? Selfishness, unrealistic expectations, don't value differences. Like see in your marriage, for most of you, now I'm just really amazed by my son and his wife's marriage. These are like two of the most like people I've ever met. I think I've never seen this because normally you have opposites, but like they're very similar in a lot of their beliefs. And I think, wow, I'm glad Josh has us <laughs> so that he doesn't think he's okay all the time. Because you know, when you're wired the same way a person is, like you can't even understand what the conflict is. So here, here's, 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 I'm gonna give you a tool, son. So next time you and your wife are having a discussion, say, you know part of the reason we're having this problem, don't you? Because we're so much alike. Yeah, that's, that's where it starts. So we're so, we're so much alike. And, and, and so uh, don't, don't do it when she has a problem, do it when you have a problem. So, so it's because we're so much alike. So I wanna be the first one to just say, I'm sorry. I wanna be the first one that says, look, I don't want it to be like this. Because the truth is this could continue on because we're both so much alike. See, the, the beauty of you having somebody the opposite than you is your natural defaults won't work. Y'all hear what I just said? See, there's a way that you naturally, you're naturally wired. It's your natural defaults. And so how have you figured out that what's natural for you doesn't always work? Come on, let me just see your hands if you figured that out. Well, if you're blessed to have people around you that are opposite than you, they'll, they'll let you know that. Why don't relationships work? Here's my short list. Inability to celebrate others' wins and achievements. Low trust, lack of respect, lack of intimacy, conditional love. This is my short list. Unresolved funk unforgiveness, discontentment, criticism, contempt, lack of personal growth. Why don't relationships work? Resentment that turns into bitterness, that creates a fixed mindset, bad stewardship and money problems. Why don't relationships work? Poor communication, unwillingness to change. And then a word that I've coined, careness, careness. What is careness? It's an awareness and whatever you become aware of, you should care about, not criticize. See, the, how we use our awareness is to go, oh, that's different or that person's different or that situation. So we use our awareness wrongly. We use our awareness to judge other people. We use our awareness to criticize. We use our awareness of what we don't like to let the whole world know what we don't like. Rather than understanding, no, God has given you a capacity to be aware so that you can care about what needs to change that starts with you. Oh, that's good preaching. Come on, that, 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 that is good preaching. That is good, good news. That's what I mean when I say that. So why are you aware of a problem? Not to be negative about it, not to criticize it. Why are you aware of somebody's difference? Why are you aware of what you don't like? Why are you aware of things that need to change so you can stay frustrated all the time? No, your awareness 
needs to make you care enough about it that you understand that Gandhi had this right. You gotta be the change you want to see. Your awareness is to make you be better, not to judge other people's worst. Come on, y'all. So we misuse our awareness, therefore we never get to careness. So with that said, here's the big thought for this message. Great relationships work when people work at being great. Why don't you think about that for a minute? Are you working at being great? Because if you're not, your relationships suck. That's what the Bible says. Sorta. You see, the truth is, if I don't want to be better, if I'm just fine the way I am, then everything in my life is the way it is. But great relationships work when people work at being great. So that's my next question for you. Are you working at being great? What's the definition of great? 1828 Webster's Dictionary. Great is beyond normal. Don't settle into your normal. It won't work in your marriage. Y'all listen to me, and that's what happens. People start out in a marriage, Hosanna in the highest. Oh, wow. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. You're the man of my dreams. Oh, I never thought there was anybody like you. Put a ring on it. And then all of a sudden, it doesn't take very long for us just to slip back into our normal self rather than leveling up to what we respected and married. I'm trying to help y'all. Oh, I got the job of my dreams. And then you realize wherever you go, there you are. Wow. I thought this was gonna be, oh, this church. You can't imagine how many times I've heard this in 21 years. This has changed my life. This has saved my marriage. Where'd they go? I met my soulmate here. God totally changed me. Have you, have you seen them lately? No, I think they were looking for something a little deeper. Something a little more spiritual. Uh, Terry, you, you wouldn't believe when we first started our church, you know what we had a lot of people say? Because, you know, in the beginning, uh, we weren't reaching the loss as much as we would have liked to because we're in a little school, you know, meeting and who wants to come to church in a school, you know? Well, we found out that a lot of people did at that time, but, but still some people started coming from other churches. You know, what, you know what their number one criticism of our church was? We felt like we're in a motivational seminar. I thought, and? <laughs> you realize what you're getting for free? The Tony Robbins, I love Tony, listen, I love Tony but he can't get you, give you what you're gonna get here. And that's the spiritual dimension of what the word of God says that'll make you successful. And I'm not saying that to compare or to criticize. I'm just telling you the world is looking for success. And that was one of our first criticisms. Like you're like this motivational guy. I went, well, do you come to church to feel sad? Anyway. 
Great, what does it mean, beyond normal? Father, I pray that you would give us a spirit to be beyond our normal selves. Come on, would, y'all just, would you just ask God that for yourself? I don't want a normal marriage. I don't want a normal business. I don't want a normal job. I don't want normal relationships. I certainly don't want normal money. God, help me to be great, come on. I wanna be beyond normal. Excellence, noble, interesting, intimate. Hmm. To be great starts from the inside out, into me see. You see, if I'm gonna have great relationships, I've gotta let people in. And you know what I've discovered? And this is kind of sad to me. Uh, Chris and Angela, y'all been with me for 21 years. Kind of sad to me. I've let people into my life and then they, they see that, you know, believe it or not, I'm, I know on this stage, everything that comes out of my mouth seems perfect to everybody. But, but sometimes I let people like on the inside of me and we become friends and they see, wow, is a pastor supposed to talk like that? Is a pastor supposed to say that because of their own box? Watch this. And viewing it through their ideal self. You see, greatness is an ability to let people in without having walls. And whoever you choose to have relationship with, you're all in. You don't hold back. That's the kind of church I want. That's the kind of family I want. Is that when we know about the good, the bad, and the ugly. Listen, if you go through a tough time in your relationship, don't walk away from the church because you're embarrassed because times are tough. Draw close to God and he'll draw close to you. If you go through a tough time financially, if you lose your business, don't be embarrassed. Just understand, you know what? I'm on a journey. I don't have all this fixed in my life, but I'm gonna get better alignments so that whatever assignments God has for me, those assignments are gonna work. So again, it's about relationship. It's about being intimate. And then I love this, being great is about vast power. Just having the power to walk right and talk right and to make miracles happen and not needing a miracle. Facts about greatness, a couple of things. Because a lot of people, I'm just, I'm just, y'all listen to me. I've grown up in church. I never heard a message like this, ever. Trace, I never heard a message like this. Tyler, I never heard a message about being great. I never heard it. I heard about Jesus and I heard about, that's wonderful. But let me tell you something. You can admire Jesus and never become like him. And oh, by the way, he's great. Arthur, you are great. You do miracles so great. There is no one else like you. There is no one else like you. You are great. You do miracles so great. There is no one else like you. There is no one else like you. And God says, oh yeah, by the way, Keith Craft, there's nobody else like you either. There's nobody else like you. And when you walk in the room, greatness should come into the room. Because greater is he, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Not walking in the room with your head down, not walking in the room ashamed, not walking in the room feeling like a failure. Hey, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. And greatness is your destiny. That's what I want you to know. So facts about greatness. You were created in God's image to think great. 
Not to think negative. Not to think with judgmentalism. Not to think critically. Not to think cynically. God created you in his image to make everything better because you get better. To bring his kingdom from heaven to earth. Philippians 4, 8, 9 says, finally, finally, believers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is worthy of respect, whatever is right and confirmed by God's word, whatever is pure and wholesome, whatever is lovely, whatever brings peace, whatever is admirable and of good repute, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think continually on these things. Center your mind on them, implant them in your heart, and the things which you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, the writer says, practice these things in your daily life and the God who is the source of peace and well-being will be with you. Think great. Quit thinking negative about negative situations. Quit thinking normal about your normal life. No matter where you are, elevate your thinking. Would y'all finish it with me, please? Then you can elevate your life. So because you're created in the image of God, what's the facts about greatness? You're created in God's image, so you gotta think great. You gotta think like God. Secondly, you're called to be great. You're not called just to think great, you're called to be great. Psalm 71, your righteousness, your way of doing things, oh God, reaches to the height of the heavens. You have done great things, oh God, who is like you, who is your equal? Now watch this, may you increase my greatness. Some of y'all hadn't been praying to write prayers. You've been praying, God, would you fix that person or kill him? Come on. Have we, have we got a piano over here? Is it working? Okay, good. Let's play something. Now I can be anointed. Oh God, you reach to the height of the heavens. You who have done great things, who is like you? And then the next prayer, oh God, increase my greatness. Would you just put your hands out like this? Come on, everybody, just, just play along with me. And just say, God, would you increase my greatness for your glory so that people will see the light of the world in me? God, increase my greatness. Not so I can just be great, but God increase my greatness because it's my destiny. Come on, it's my destiny to be great. It's your destiny to be great. God thought enough about you that even before you were a thought in your father or mother's mind, God said, I've got a time and a place for them to be born because there is a deposit of my glory, my greatness. That's another word for his glory. My anointing, that's another word for greatness. 
There's a deposit of God's greatness in you. I call it the 1% factor. 99% of our DNA is all the same, but there's only a 1% difference in every one of us that I have to discover. You have to discover. I have to develop. You have to develop. I have to deploy. You have to deploy. That's God's purpose for your life. Think great, be great, and guess what? Do greatness. Do greatness. Do greatness. Here's what the Bible says, John 14. The words of Jesus, most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, anybody believe in Jesus today? Let me see your hands. And maybe you don't believe in Jesus today. Stay with me. He who believes in me, Terry, the works that I do, he and she will do also. Oh, but by the way, and greater works than these will you do because I'm going to my father. And by the way, when I was on the earth, the disciples, Rod, had to be with me for miracles to happen. But I'm sending my Holy Spirit. And therefore, wherever you go, greater is he that's in you than he that's in this world. That's why I talk about being a miracle worker. Why? Because the presence of Jesus is in me. The presence of Jesus is in you. And when we do greatness, we have a philosophical belief, listen very carefully, that I am put on this earth, not only to make a difference, but I am put on this earth to bring heaven to earth. I cannot do it without God's help. So Holy Spirit, increase my greatness for your glory and so that your name can be famous in the earth. I want y'all to know something. I know you know this, but there is an assault right now that in my lifetime, I've never seen what I'm seeing. Yesterday, little Precious said, have you heard about the new Nikes? I said, well, I guess not, baby. I like Nikes. They're the ones that have the pentagram on them and the ones that have real human blood in the shoe. There, there is a demonic assault against the goodness of God in the earth today. And hell is having a party. And I just announce in the name of Jesus that the whole earth will be filled with the glory of God. And our greatness, God being great in us, is going to make that happen. Come on, we are not helpless, we are not hopeless. Here's my point. God has put in us a divine assigned advantage for success to bring His purpose, His power, His glory, His greatness in the earth. Come on, y'all. Come on. So most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, say, Lord, I believe. And the works that I do, greater works than these will he do because I'm going to the Father. Now here's the good news. Come on, y'all, y'all like good news? And whatever you ask in my name, that will I do that my Father may be glorified in the Son. And if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. What do you need God to do right now? Let's pause. What do you need God to do right now? Is there something you need God to do right now that, that without God, it's not gonna happen? Anybody got anything like that going on in your life right now? Come on. Can we ask right now? 
Can we ask right now, just, just, just give us a second. Arthur, lead us in something, whether it's you or great, you do miracles so great, whatever it is. But, but as, as Arthur leads, would you just ask God right now? God, this thing is, I don't believe it's gonna happen without you. So listen, you're a son, you're a daughter of Almighty God. He's put you on this earth to think great, to think like Him, to be great, to be great like Him. He's put you on the earth to do greatness like Him. And sometimes we can feel so helpless. Sometimes we feel like, man, this world's going to hell in a handbasket. Man, it seems like it's just out of control. But God, I thank you that as we stand on your word, your word is tried and true. You're the same yesterday, today, and forever. I speak against a spirit of fear that is like a cloud over the United States of America. And I curse it at its roots based on the word of the living God. Devil, back up. Go back to hell in the name of Jesus. Come on, church. I'm in my warrior mode now. What do you believe in God for? Come on, put your hand over your heart. Sing it, Arthur. Just ask him right now. Say, God, I need your help with this, whatever it is. Come on, just ask him. Well, there's no one else like you. There is no one else like you. Most assuredly, I say to you that if you believe in me and the works that I do, you will do greater works. And because you will do greater works, like you, you can ask in my name. And the Father will do it for you. Let's sing this together. You're great. You are great. Sing it. You do miracles so great. Come on, just acknowledge that. Well, there's no one else like you. There's no one else like you. Well, there's no one else like you. For you are great. You do miracles so great. There is no one else like you. There is no one else like you. Father, I pray for a spirit of greatness to come on every person that wants it right now in the name of Jesus. That we would commit from this day forward to think great to be great, to do greatness. And God, because of that, our relationships will work. You see, most people, they have something that happens in their life. It goes wrong, they get hurt. If they don't get healed, they get bitter. If they get bitter, the Bible says a root of bitterness takes place. And they go through the rest of their life feeling like they don't have anything to offer because they got hurt by somebody that they trusted. Hurt. I'm talking to somebody now. They got hurt by somebody that loved them. They got, they got disappointed by somebody. And all of a sudden it went from Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord to crucify him. And some of you have been living under that kind of thing right now in the name of Jesus. I just pray that that spirit would be broken off of you today no matter what people have said, no matter what people have done, because he is great, you are great. Because he is great, we can be great. Because he is great, nothing 
no thing will be impossible to us, <laughs> beginning with our relationships. Ah, come on, y'all. Have you been to church yet today? <clears throat> I'm gonna ask that you be seated. We're, we're almost through. We could stop right there, but I just think there's good stuff God's wanting to say. And I hope this is speaking to you because you're great. You're great. I know you don't feel great. Sometimes I don't either. That's why I have to apologize a lot. You should be a great apologizer if you're wanting to be great because then whatever's not great, you'll apologize for. That'll help in any relationship. Does that make sense? Yes. Uh, well, um, I've been so blessed by, you know, at 61, I think about the relationships in my life and just around this room. And I always hate to just mention names, but I can't help it when people have been with me like Mitch for 19 years now, Mitch, 19 years. Mitch and Nancy. Nancy and her beautiful daughter are here today and serve us so well, love us so well, struggle with us so well. Thank you for being you. When I think about Mike and Yvonne Escobedo, how many years, Mike? 18 years. Chris and Angela, I already mentioned you guys. Former Miss Texas stripper. Some of y'all don't know that about her. Yeah, that's her. Go ahead and stand up. You may recognize her. <laughs> From back in the day, you know. But, but anyway, she was a little stripper girl that this son, of the, this son of a preacher who was backslidden walked into a strip club. And they had no idea that God was aligning their destinies in a place of darkness. We've been together 21 years. 21 years. Chris's brother, his brother's wife that's made his brother greater. Would you acknowledge that? I mean, you were great, but you met her. Woo! Y'all met here, right? Y'all met in our church or, or did y'all meet at a strip club? I don't know. She might have been at our church. I, I'm, I'm, I'm joking. I'm joking. But then Chris, Chris's mom is here. One of our original core members. How old are you these days? Tell them, tell them. 20, 21 plus. No, stand up. Look at, look at Sonny Lehman, this girl right here. 85. In April, 85. Just turn around and let them look at you. This is what 85 looks like when you live right. Turn around. Let them see you. That's what 85 looks like. Woo! <sighs> but anyway, I think about my friend Scott Uncleback this year and his son, Garrett, Navy SEAL, leading our mighty men. I think about his daughter, Brittany, Dr. Brittany, helping people fix their lives, helping fix their parents. Thank God. But Scott and Darlene Uncleback, today's Darlene's 55th birthday and she's serving in the house. Darlene, stand up. I think about great relationships. Thank you. Thank you for being you. When we met, how old were you? I was 18 when I was her youth pastor. Oh, she was 18. Thank you for correcting me and helping me be better. Here's my point, watch this. When I'm talking to you about relationships, you don't get to have 36 year relationships. You, you don't get to raise your kids together. You, you don't get to have people like Mitch who come alongside of you for 19 years and Mike for 18 years and Chris and Ed. So these are the people that are sitting on the front. So when I talk about relationships, we've been through some stuff, y'all. And oh, we've had friends along the way. They were sitting right where they were sitting. They're not sitting there anymore. 
What is that? I don't judge anybody for that, but I'm just saying, is there anybody here that wants rich relationships? Come on, do you want that? There is a price that you will pay and it's called death. Death to yourself, death to your selfishness, death to your spirit of offense, death to, 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 to businesses that go bad. Listen, some of y'all are really excited right now because you're, you're in business together and you're in your late 20s or early 30s and you're, you're like rocking it. You know what the test is when you're 61 and you're sitting and you're in the same room with the person that you've been doing business with all your life and all those businesses, Scott, hadn't been successful. But watch this, the transaction, listen now, never Mark separated us. The business deal gone bad. Didn't go, I can't go to that church anymore because that guy lost my money. Oh, you, we've been through some tests. Everybody in this room has done any kind of relationship long-term. And if you're married and you've made it past a year, that might've been the Holy Spirit, I'm not sure. I love what God's doing because he's bringing people from the north, south, east, and west, including from Colorado. I want y'all to meet some of my new friends. Watch this. My name is Nick, and this is my beautiful wife, Megan. We've been married for six years, and we have two beautiful children, Aiden and Riley. COVID hit, the world is in a different place. Uh, one of my best friends, I'm in his backyard, and he's painting a picture, talking about we only have one life to live. We've got gifts and talents on the inside, and our Heavenly Father has given us all an assignment, and he started talking about to live that assignment to the fullest potential, to go put yourself and your family and your children in the most fertile soil for your specific assignment. Hey, Nick Gunsworth, do you remember those chairs right there? Because that's where you and I were sitting. When I cast my vision, I was like, dude, I'm going to move to Texas. I'm going to take my family here. And this is what our life is going to look like. And about seven weeks later, you're living in Texas. And I was like, this dude beat me to my own dream. I heard what he was saying. He started talking about Pastor Keith and Sheila and talking about their mission and their desire to build kingdom entrepreneurs and their leadership culture. And I just started like nodding my head. And I'm like, that's what I want. Living in San Diego, we, we kind of made this inner vow, if you will, and said, we're never leaving because we're planted in our church. And I just never in a million years thought that we would never. ever be moving. And I had always said, if I don't live in San Diego, I would live in Dallas. We're talking about that. And I'm like, well, we're never gonna know if we don't go. I vividly remember pulling into this neighborhood and seeing these houses and seeing this big open field when you first pull in and, and literally seeing myself and our family here get out of the car. And I just look at Megan and I'm like, look at my arms. I'm like, I've got goosebumps head to toe. Even before we walked in the house, I literally knew like, this is going to be our house. This is going to be where we raise our children and we're gonna be two miles from, from Elevate Life. And if you've ever had that experience of when you know you know, this is, this is it. And it was just way ahead of what our thoughts were um, as far as moving. But we just went into like overdrive praying and I vividly 
remember and had an experience where God said the time is now. Mm -hmm. And so as soon as I felt that and I heard God speak, then I was like, I'm all in. I pushed the chips in. I'm like, babe, the time is now, I'm all in. Everything happened in God's perfect alignment and with His plan. Because we listen and we're obedient, mm -hmm. God was just outpouring blessing mm -hmm. and favor. We beelined it to Texas and from landing and getting here, it's just been incredible. We went away and planned um, our year in December to come back and then listen to uh, Pastor Keith on New Year's Eve. He delivers the word possible. We get all excited about that. It's in my notebook. I have my kids learning a verse and I'm like, I want them to learn this verse. And it's, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that's in our declaration. Our kids are learning it. They're three and they're four. And I'm a little slow to pick it all. I'm like, wait, wait, what's going <laughs> and on? I'm like, She's jumping like, jumping up and down. This is my notebook that we've been planning our year in. Pastor Keith just said, you know, the word is possible and just broke it down. I'm like, oh, that's that's really, that's crazy. That's, that's a lot of things lining up. I think when God just moves and he aligns things, he just, shows you in confirmation. Like you're on the right path, you're with the right people at the right time in the right place. And we just so felt that. And then there was a Sunday at church and I was saying like, hey, I think I found what I want our verse of the year to be for us, like for our life and for our business. And it was the Jabez prayer. And then that Sunday, Pastor Keith is talking, he's declaring things over. He's like, you should be reading this every day over your life. And it was the Jabez prayer. And I'm like, I'm nudging him. Just give me the I'm elbow. Like, hey, babe, like, oh my <laughs> gosh, like, did you just hear? Like, remember on Monday I brought you. She showed me the post. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, God has made it very we're, clear. Very, very clear. Very obvious we're in the right place at the right time with the right people. It has just been mm -hmm. one thing after the next with favor. First half of 2020, we were down and we were having the worst first half of the year we've ever had. And COVID hits and we're up against all this, all these challenges. And then the back half, moving to Texas, we have made up the full year and we have been ahead and had literally the best year we've ever had. It didn't really make sense for us to move, but we knew that with God being in it, that He kind of moved everything around and we made a decision to um, be really generous despite the circumstance. That's where we saw God show up and we went from the worst year we've ever had to the best year we've ever had. And all that happened in the last, what, five months? Five months, yeah. My greatest encouragement to you would be to, to really dig deep and think about you know, what has God shown you? What has God told you? And um, what could you do to put it into action? As soon as God, you know, told us to be, uh, you know, the time is now to get to Texas, we jumped on it and then there was so much favor on it. So what has God been nudging you to do that you can put into play and put into action right now? The breakthrough is in the stretch. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's one thing to give when it's easy. It's one thing to give when it's comfortable. And so, you know, I wanna encourage you also to stretch. If you haven't ever stretched before in giving, you know, put God to the test. You can't outgive God and, he, and His Word tells you to test Him in this. Test Him with your give and stretch and then be believing and have an expectation on it. And uh, we just believe that there's gonna be favor and blessing upon you because there is favor in this ELC house. There is, come on y'all. Yes, there is. Okay, just a few more minutes but I wanna, I wanna give this to you. Why doesn't my relationships work? Number one reason, dishonor. 
Mark 6, Jesus left and there he came to his hometown in Nazareth. His disciples followed him. When the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue. Many who listened were astonished. Wow, whoa, where is this man? Where did he get this knowledge, this spiritual insight? What is this wisdom, this confident understanding of scripture that has been given to him? Such miracles as these performed by his hands. Watch this now. Now the natural default. Is this not just the carpenter's son of Mary and the brother of James and Joseph and Judas and Simon? Are, are his sisters not here with us? Now watch this, next verse. And they were deeply offended by him. What? How do you go from, watch this. Many listen, they're astonished. Wow, where did he get this knowledge, this, this spiritual insight? What kind of wisdom, confident understanding of scripture? Wow, such miracles as these performed by his hands. Now wait just a minute, wait just a minute. Isn't this that carpenter's son guy? Like his brothers and sisters are with us. He's not that big a deal. And they were offended by him and their dis disapproval blinded them to the fact that he was anointed by God as the Messiah. What could, be, what could it be in your life that's blinding you from being the beneficiary of the greatness of other people around you? Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor and respect except in his own hometown and among his relatives and his own household. Now listen very carefully. And he could do or not do a miracle there at all because of their unbelief, except that he laid hands on a few sick people and healed them. But watch this, he wondered, he was like in awe in the most negative sense at their unbelief. And he was going around their villages teaching him. You've heard me say this, one of my leadership apologies is honor is the one thing that will make everything in your life work like God intended for it to work. The Bible says in Proverbs 22, verse four, the reward of humility, humbling yourself. Humbling yourself to do what? To honor what's great in other people. Not to judge it based on your lack of greatness. I wanna rewind and say that again. Do not judge other people's greatness based on your lack of greatness in your own life. Because if you do, you'll be intimidated by greatness. You'll feel more insecure by other people's greatness rather than being the beneficiary of others' greatness. Sitting in this church, this Elevate Life Church is an incubator for greatness. It's not your mama's church. It's not Gateway. It's not Hope. It's not any other kind of church. You know what it is? It's an incubator for greatness. And I'm not saying it's better than any other place, but what I am saying here, greatness happens here because you're great and your greatness is gonna be on display for the world to give glory to God because of your greatness. So that's the difference. The difference is we have a chance. We have a chance not just to have good church. We have a chance not just for you to feel better. We have a chance not just for you to be a little, get, get a little hope from the hope dealer. But we actually have a chance to be great. Who wants to be great? Let me just see your hands. Come on, I hope you do. I hope you do. Because the world needs you to be great. The world doesn't need you to suck and the world doesn't need you to be normal. And neither does your wife or your husband or your boss or your employees. Everybody's depending on your greatness. And it starts with you humbling yourself 
to give honor where honor is due. So the reward of humility, that is having a realistic view of your own importance and the reverent worshipful fear of the Lord or honor for God is riches, honor, and life. So I speak over every person in this church, riches, honor, and life. Let's give honor where honors due. Let's humble ourselves. Very quickly, dishonor leads to negativity. If you ever hear somebody that's being negative, they're a dishonorable person. Just know that. If you, ever, if, if, if you ever hear yourself being negative, there's some dishonor that's going on. Clean it up. Get your honor back. Quit being negative about what's negative. I've already said that, but I want to say it again. The test is not to be positive when things are positive. The test is to be positive when things are negative. In your marriage, in your business, in your life, when things aren't going the way you thought they should go. So dishonor leads to negativity. Negativity leads to negative results. How many of you just your goal, and please hear what I'm saying. I hope nobody will raise their hand on this. But how many of you just as your goal, you just wanna have negative results in life? Negative marriage, negative business, negative finances, nobody. Well, guess what? Nothing positive happens if you're negative. So where does a negative spirit come from? A personality type? No, it comes from a dishonoring spirit that develops a spirit of negativity. Dishonor plus negativity equals a curse. Not God cursing you, but you cursing yourself because of what's coming out of your mouth. Remember what I said when we did our declarations? Your life follows your mouth. Here's how honor works. Honor leads to positive, positivity. Have you ever met a positive person? Well, I'm just a positive person, it's just my personality. No, it's not. The truth is it's easier to be more bent one way than the other, but honor will fix it. And if you'll give honor where honor is due, starting with honoring God, guess what? When you're honoring God with your, with your talent, with your treasure, with your, with your time, then it develops a positive spirit in you and positive leads to positive results. So honor plus positivity equals blessing. Somebody put an amen on that. Yeah. Romans 12, nine and 10 says, love must be sincere, hate what is evil, cling to what is good, be devoted to one another in love, honor one another above yourselves. Let's have that kind of church, y'all. I said, let's have that kind of church. Let's have that kind of family. For our mighty men, our core scripture is 1 Peter 2, 17. Show respect for all people. Treat them honorably. Love the brotherhood of believers. Fear God, honor the king, or honor authority always. So dishonor is what makes relationships don't work. Secondly, listen now, ingratitude. I don't know what it is, but sometimes it's just hard to stay grateful, isn't it? Just to live on the side of gratitude. Anytime we are ungrateful, it is because someone or something did not live up to our expectations. So if you find yourself in a situation where you just feel ungrateful, just decide to count your blessings, name them one by one. Just decide, you know what? Here's what I am grateful for. I'm not grateful for that, but here's what the Bible says, in everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Now watch this. It doesn't say give thanks for everything. It says in whatever situation you're in, just give thanks with a grateful heart. God, I thank you right now. It's not going the way that I, the way that I think it should, but guess what? My, my life is gonna follow my mouth, so God, I just give you praise. David said in Psalms 119, the longest chapter in the Bible, I will praise the Lord seven times a day. My friend David Stroud, who's been an executive pastor with us since 2011, also helps me with my masterminds and coaching. One of the beautiful things about David is when I say something, he puts it in his phone and he does it. He actually has a timer set 
for seven different times of the day, when his alarm goes off, he says, praise the Lord. We'll be in a mastermind and that'll happen. I'll be in a coaching session and that happens. I'll be with him. All of a sudden his phone goes off. I'm gonna get my praises in. If David, who was Jesus' great, great grandfather and who was the greatest king that ever lived in the history of the world. If David, who was a man after God's own heart said, I will praise the Lord seven times a day. It might not be a bad idea to praise the Lord seven times a day. Why don't you just say, praise the Lord. Come on, everybody. Just say, praise the Lord. It's not just some kind of religious thing. It's God, I give you praise. No matter what happens, I give you praise. No matter if I'm in prison doors, Acts 16, I give you praise. No matter what's going on in my life, God, I give you praise. You know why? Because what never changes is you. You never change. And because I give you honor and praise, even in this negative situation, because I give thanks, I'm living the Word of God. I'm speaking the Word of God. I'm doing the Word of God. I'm thinking great. I'm being great. I'm doing greatness. And I'm practicing. And guess what, God? You're opening your heavens over my life and over my family and over my business and over my future. Get your honor back. Get your gratitude back. And here's the last thing. Why don't relationships work? Wait, I got to share one other thing. Rudyard Kipling was a great British poet whose writings have blessed many people. Rudyard Kipling was a very famous writer even before he died. Made a great deal of money doing what he did. A newspaper reporter came up to him once and said, Mr. Kipling, I just read that somebody calculated that the money you make from your writing amounts to $100 a word. Hey, if your life follows your mouth, why don't you start speaking some good words? $100 a word. Mr. Kipling raised his eyebrows and said, really? I certainly wasn't aware of that. The reporter cynically reached into his pocket and pulled out a $100 bill and gave it to Kipling and said, here's a $100 bill, Mr. Kipling. Now give me one of your $100 words. Roger Kipling looked at the $100 bill for a moment, took it, folded it up, put it in his pocket and said, thanks. <laughs> Come on, y'all. Ow! Ow! We're having church now. Ow! Why don't you just thank God right now? Just say, thank you, God. Come on, just thank you, God. There's a hundred dollars. Wow, thank you, God. Thank you. Wow, wow. You mean, you mean, do you know that everything that's ever happened in the world, if it happened for somebody, it can happen for you? Listen very carefully. If you'll study success, and I have my whole life. I don't know why, uh, Terry, I don't know why I was so hungry for success. I don't know why at 15 that Zig Ziglar made more of an impression on me than any preacher I'd ever heard. I don't know why it was. I just know it was my bent. I know it was my calling. But here's what I realized. Here's what I realized. Words matter. Gratitude matters. Give thanks with a grateful heart. Sing it. Here's the third reason. Here's why relationships don't work. Go ahead. Just keep, I just want to, I just want to, I just want to, I want this, this atmosphere, this sanctuary, this cathedral to be filled with gratitude. Come on. Sing it, Arthur. Give thanks with a grateful heart. Give thanks. God, we're grateful for you today. We're grateful for life. Come on, you got one life. Why don't you just thank God for your breath? Just don't focus on your problems for just a second. God, thank you for breath and thank you for health. And I speak healing in the name of Jesus for people that, aren't, that are not well in their body. 
God, we just give you thanks, no matter what's going on in our life right now, no matter what's going on in our world. And now, and now, let the weak say, I say I'm strong. Let the poor say, I am rich. Come on, speak that over yourself. Because of what the Lord has done for us. All right, speed it up a little bit, Arthur. And now, come on, sing it. And now, let the weak say, let the poor say, I am rich. Because what the Lord has done for Okay. Y'all know we've had about five services in one today. Y'all know that, right? You've had about four messages in one message. I've got two minutes. Come on, two minutes. Last thing. Relationships don't work because of unfaithfulness. Listen to me now. Many man proclaims his own loyalty and goodness, but who can find a faithful man, the Bible says. The righteous man who walks in his integrity and lives life in accordance to his godly beliefs, how blessed and happy and spiritually secure are his children after him. And all I can say is this, we've all been unfaithful. We've been unfaithful in different ways. But the Bible says faithfulness is not always doing the right thing. Listen to me now. Faithfulness is getting back up when you blow it. It's having a gritful spirit. It's saying, you know what? Faithfulness is not, hey, I did more right than wrong. The Bible says, now listen very carefully. I'm gonna close with this. A good man falls seven times. Wow, how can you be good when you're falling like that? because the Lord upholds him with his righteous hand. So I fall, but my faithfulness is not that I did something wrong. My faithfulness, Rodney, is I got back up. And I said, you know what? I'm gonna learn from my stuff. I'm gonna learn from that. And God says, that's what I'm looking for. I don't need any more do-gooders who judge bad doers. I need people that when they blow it, they get back up and they don't do what the Bible says. As a dog returns to his vomit, so a fool to his folly. No, he falls, he gets back up. He falls, he gets back up. Seven times he falls, he gets back. He falls, he gets back up. Devil, I'm not staying down. Somebody needs to say that today. Devil, I'm not staying down. I'm not staying down. Thank you, Lord. Hey, relationships, if they don't work by dishonor, let's be honorable. If relationships don't work because of ingratitude, let's be grateful. If you're married, turn right now. And even if it's hard for you to say it, say it. Say, I'm grateful for you. Come on, just say that. Say, I'm grateful for you. Let's get on that side of it. Come on, say it. Say, I'm grateful for you. Come on. If relationships, watch this, don't work because of unfaithfulness, let's be more faithful. Let's be loyal. The Bible, the Bible says God's eyes are looking to and fro throughout the whole earth to see those that are loyal to him. 
Somebody said a long time ago, the church is the only place where it kills its own wounded. Let's heal the wounded and get them down the road. Amen. God, thank you for your word. Pastor Josh, come on up. Pastor Sheila, come on up. Thank you for your word, God. Thank you for what you're doing in this atmosphere. Thank you for this place of honor. Thank you for this place of gratitude. Thank you for this place of faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have needed, thy hands hath provided. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. Come on, he's a faithful God. Let's keep getting back up, amen. God bless you guys, come on. Thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe to our channel on iTunes and YouTube. That way, you know when a new sermon has been uploaded. Also, if this message has impacted you and you want to contribute to help us reach more people, feel free to go to elevate.life forward slash give. We look forward to seeing you here next time.